Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Are you thankful for that blood? Give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Nothing but the blood. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And I hope you're not too full still that you're going to doze off on me this morning. And uh, I, I concur with Steve. I ate a little, little bit too much. And uh, now I'm on to my, my, my sisters uh, who I'll be spending Christmas with wants us to do a 21-day kind of detox between now and Christmas. <sighs> She's so much into torture. I, 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 I'm not... I'm not with it, but I'm going to go ahead and cooperate because I could use a 21-day detox. Right? <laughs> but anyway, good to be here with you all this morning. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about, you can actually put my title side up from the, from the jump, Candace. Um, sometimes it, maybe it sounds a little weird to you, and, and maybe this is not an issue for you, but I'm going to challenge you this morning to, to consider what I'm going to present to you this morning. And, and I'm going to talk this morning with you about the fact that God feels literally feels. Now, some of you are going, duh, all right? There's things we know, but then there's things we know. You know what I mean by that? That's the, we, don't, we don't really think about it in our day-to-day. -day. We kind of know it on some level, but we don't think about it. And so this morning, I'm going to tell you at the outset that this sermon is not about you. Now, some of you are going, oh, you know, it's not about me. Isn't everything about me? Right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of deal a little bit with our self-centeredness, about our one-sidedness, um, and 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 those of you who are married, and those of you who have children, might best be able to relate to this to this message this morning. But obviously, it applies to all of us. On some level, you'll be able to like, okay. So I'm gonna talk about parents, for example, and their their relationship with their children. I'm gonna maybe talk a little bit about husbands and wives, and 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 when we have this one-sided thing going on. But I'm gonna talk to you again today about the fact that God feels. So let's go back just in our minds a little bit to the creation. Uh, you know, Genesis lays out what we have come to know as the beginning. And it's a beautiful story. It's like a fairy tale. You know, God begins to create and he comes to this, this dark, to darkness. This, this, I want to say earth, but it's really the world that he was creating that it was, was formless and void and it was black and it was water covered to deep. And, you know, just think about how blah that is. You know, just dark. And when I when I think of water and darkness, I think of cold. Now the scripture doesn't say that, but I just think, Ugh. right? And God, this beautiful, uh, creative being that He is, you know, obviously He begins to, or He had already imagined what things would be like, how He wanted things to be. And I don't know about you, but I'm a I'm a big National Geographic type of person. I like nature. You know, shows and things. I like lots of shows, but I love nature stuff, right? Because because create because the, the, this created world is profound. You know, when you think of all the things that God created and all the beauty and even the ugliness, you go below the ocean surface, you see all these creatures. Like, oh my gosh, what did He create that ugly thing for? You know, and 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 the colors and and so God just begins to do this boom, boom, boom. You know, He you know He separates the darkness and creates light and and you know and then he makes uh, all the, the animals and they're not going in order right you know he makes all the vegetation and and you know the, the, the firmament and it's just this in my mind's eye I see this beautiful world surfaces out of what God envisioned for his mind and we know if you go back and you read the end of each day you know it's it was good it was good God I just imagine God sitting back any, is there? Do we have any creatives in here? You know what I mean by artistic people, people that like to create different things? Okay, lots of in here. We got lots of creatives in here. There's nothing like when you create something. You envision it. You get all the pieces for it or whatever it is you need to make, and you make it, and it comes out amazing. And you kind of sit back like, yeah, that's nice. Right? Anybody ever done that? You guys will be. You're like, that is beautiful. I know 
Cassandra's into art and, and, and we got some quilters over here. And, we got, and when you when you see it come, it's just, it gives you this warm and fuzzy, this sense of pride. I mean that in a good way, like, look at what I made. So I imagine God, this proud papa, you know, this, this creative genius. I mean, and these words, I mean, these are only human words I can do to kind of describe God, because he's on a whole nother level. Sitting back and looking at all that he created. Look at me, you know, and then he gets to us, you know, and he literally gets down in the dirt. We know this story, right? I'm just recapping for you. I want you to see things from, from God's perspective. He gets down and he, and he forms this man and, you know, he breathes the breath of life. And from that man, he gets this woman and God is just on a creating frenzy. He's just doing beautiful things. And when he created that man and woman, you know, he, he, he breathed the breath of life and they were different. That very breathing into them made them different. That this, this, the way he created them in his own image. Didn't say that about anything else. There were no trees created in God's image. And no animals and no, you know, no fish. But, but his beloved humans were created in his own image. And at the end of that day, he said, it's very good. From that, I get the sense that God was like, look at what I did. And when you create, you don't create, at least I can't see that, being in, my, in, in my, my mind when I create things. You don't create things to be destroyed. Even if it's your quilt. Debbie, you made a quilt and it was all beautiful and somebody came and just stomped all over. Like, what? You know, all the, I envision that hanging on my wall or across my bed or, you know, or, or that, you, you have plans for the things you create. You just do. And so when you get to these human beings, these living, you know, beings that you create in your own, you look and you're like, wow. I'm sure God had, God had high hopes for his beloved. Why go through all that? He had high hopes. You know, I, I think about God in the in a motherly aspect when I think of the creation. Anybody know what nesting is? Yep. Right? Most of the mamas in here know about it. Men, you may have got it. this whole idea of nesting. When a, when a woman, when it's about time for her to give birth and she's pregnant, right? She gets into this nesting thing where she wants home to be right. You know, she's got the crib and she's got the diapers and she gets the house all cleaned up and this whole nesting effect. It's just instinctive. She might not even consciously realize it, but it's instinctive. You want to get home right for the babies. And so I see this whole creative process that God did is getting home right for the babies. Think about all that he created. There was food, you know, there was comfort. You know, the garden, I'm just imagining this garden just being this beautiful, lush place and, you know, temperature control and all this good stuff. You want things to be right. You just want, so, so here God is just, you know, I want everything to be right. So these humans that I'm going to create can have this beautiful world to live in. He had hopes. Even be, before we see a law or before we see any rules, for lack of a better word, there were expectations for humans. There just were. There were things that God put in that should be should be innate. They just should be a part of this of these humans that that He created. That they would treat each other right, and that they would love, and they would uh, take care of of what God created for them. And and so you know there were there were expectations, and He lovingly provided all that not just the humans, but yes, the animals as well, and all the, the he even, the mist, you know, I'm sure the, the things that, the, 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 um, the green stuff, I'm trying to find that word there, right? You know, the trees and all, the it needed moisture. So God, you think about it, it was this perfect habitat for all that he had created, all these living things to have what they needed. And so here we come the man, and I'm sure he thought, man, these, they're going to be great. You know, I'm going to come down. I'm going to hang with them in the cool of the day. I'm going to have to tell you, last week got me, right? When that message came through, you know, I'm, I'm not going to keep boring y'all with my walk through the Old Testament, but I'm still walking through the Old Testament, right? And it's a beautiful story. It really is. A, if you look at it for really what, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. And this great God that just wants to be with us. God wants to be with us. And so, yeah, God had obviously had plans of hanging with this creation. Come down in the cool of the day. You know, just want to talk, hey, Adam, what's going on? Can't think you can't picture God that way, can you? You know, 
Eve, what you making today? You know, what you got in the garden over here? You know, they're just, you know, just being with us. And unfortunately, we don't get to see how it would have played out had sin not entered into the world. We don't, we don't get to see that because sin just kind of rudely interrupted, you know, everything that God had planned. And, and, and as parents, I told you I'm going to appeal to your parentalness this morning and maybe your husband and wife. You know, you know we, can, we, can, uh, we can relate to this because every person in here that's ever had a child, before that child was born, you had plans for that child. You had hopes for that child. You might not know how everything was going to work out. You know, only Steve did that. You know. I mean, at least he thought he did. You know, he had plans probably, you know. Regina, you're pregnant? All right, here's the plan. I'm just, I got to throw some, you know, that was a visionary right there. I got to give it to him. I really, you know, but, but he, you know, he had plans. But most of us have some plans. We have some hopes. We have dreams. We want to, you know, we want our children to be safe and happy and loving and kind and, and all these things. And, you know, so we can relate to what it might be like when our kids don't necessarily do what we had hoped, become what we had hoped they would become, you know, good, good bad, or indifferent. So I, I'm not going to put us on God's level because, you know, his parental skills are far beyond ours, but nonetheless, you can relate to that, right? And so we, like God, want the best for our children. And didn't take long, like I said, sin interrupted, and here we are. When we think of God, this creator, right, this went through very briefly, this creation story of how God just spoke. That, that alone is profound, right? The fact that he just spoke and things were boom, boom, boom. So we think about God so often. We think I, I, I I'll, I'll, I'll say I think about God. I don't want to put things on you, right? But I, if one of us thinks it, it's a good chance that a lot of us think this way. Because we know God is powerful, because we know He's mighty, you know, because we know He can do all things. Can I safely say that we think of Him as strong? Right? That's not. I don't want to. We think of Him as strong. And how many of you know that strong people? Oftentimes, we don't think about people that are strong as people that feel. You know what I mean by that? We don't think of them as being sensitive. You know, I, I, I'm not thought of necessarily as sensitive. I have a strong personality to most people in my life, and they don't necessarily think of me as sensitive. But I am. In fact, I'm a, I'm a big kind of crybaby. Really? Yeah, I have my moments. I get all in my feelings kind of often. So strong people, we just assume that they're always good. You know what I mean? Because they always, you know, show themselves strong. And I don't mean that's even my, our intention. I'll, I'll say my, because I, I think I'm one of those people. I've heard that from people. It's not my intention to go around looking strong. You know, life is great and nothing phases me. And that's not my intention. It's just, I don't know, probably maybe it's a learned behavior, maybe whatever. The point is we don't always see strong people as people that hurt it's people that are sensitive. It's people that go through the whole gamut of emotions because we just see them as solid this way. And so I think if we feel that way about people, then we can feel that way about God. He got it. He's strong. He can do all things. He good. In fact, a lot of times, we think of God as harsh. I'm reading through the Old Testament by myself now. My, my, my partner Joyce got to go to work. Can't read together. My sister Dahlia's gone. We can't read together. So in the mornings, I'm reading by myself. But in the evenings, I'm reading with three, four kids. Right? They sit in that pew. We read together three days a week. And I'm reading through as we are reading through. And I'm thinking, man, what are these kids going to think about God? I'm serious. I've actually said, man, should I be written? Because the Old Testament is like, whew, you know, God brings it. And I'm th I don't want my God to get a bad rap. How about you? I, you understand what I, and I, and I'm, you know, we're at different maturity levels. You know, we see things differently. And, and, and I know all the, more of the story already than they know of the story. And, and when, when God is dealing with Israel, his beloved, you know, he can, he, I mean, he brings it down, but there's a reason. And, and so we, we can look at God as this harsh God. But have we ever considered how God feels? 
have you ever considered him again? It is maybe maybe it helps you to think of him in this parental role. This God who created us, his beloved, that's how he refers to us, is this, this, with these terms of affection, these terms of endearment. He, he refers to it's his beloved. We have to think about how he feels. It's right there because he talks about it a lot. That, that, again, I said maybe we think about it, but maybe we, we miss it on some level. But and, and you go out throughout the scriptures and God expresses this whole gamut of emotions. He's going through it. I mean, some of you parents are going through it. You know what I'm talking about? You don't even have to answer me, right? When it comes to your children, your children, I say that because children are a soft spot, but, but everybody in here tonight, even if you're not a parent, I want you to think about if you're not a parent, you're a child. That means you have parents, right? Everybody in here, regardless of where you are with God, you are God's child. Nobody came into this earth without that breath that I talked about. None of you are sitting here of your own accord. You were born of God. God. God brought you into this world when you were conceived in your, in your mother's womb. God's hand was in it. And so you have someone who loves you very, very much, who has high hopes for you. I know we all have different experiences with our earthly parents, but this parent is perfect. This parent had dreams, eternal dreams for you. And so he feels. And so when he's beloved, you know, Adam and Eve, for example, the, the, the first uh, of his creation, blew it. When they decided to believe the serpent over him, that broke God's heart. God feels. That broke his heart. You know, shortly on the heels of that was a murder. We think sin just escalated real quick. That broke God's heart. You know, later, you know, generation after generation, you know, there was just heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. And then Israel comes and he, he, he chooses them and he, 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 you know, brings them out of this hard bondage when they're crying out to him. And he, you know, he comes in like a father would and just busts up Israel. Get my people about here. You know what I mean? But you think about this too, though. All creation is, all humans belong to God. So we think about Egypt. Egypt is always, you know, the, the, the type, the, the example that's always used to, to denote evil, right? It's just, they're just, you know, whenever you talk about something that's evil, it's either Egypt or Babylon we refer to, you know, those kind of, you know, they get, they get, but, but those Egyptians were God's people too. Okay, but God chose Israel and, and they're beloved and they cried out to him when they were in bondage and he comes in just like a father and he breaks them out and he rescues them and, 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 you know, then became, became, uh, began the cycle over and over and over again. God brings them to a land. Another sort of creative process in my mind. He brings them to a land where he wants them to be safe. He wants them to have everything they need. He goes before them. He's going to drive out the enemies. He gives them explicit instructions, right? It's going to require faith. Did it make any sense? How am I going to go this land? How am I going to go in this land that's inhabited by all these people, you know, you know, strong people? And, you know, here we are, slaves. You know, we don't even have weapons and, and, and things. And we're going to, and this land is inhabited. Didn't make any sense. But God said, go. I'm going to give it to you. And they second guess and they whine. And, and then they finally get in the land and they don't follow instructions thoroughly. And so they got, you know, people still camped out in certain areas where they should have been driven out. And, you know, it's a long, sordid tale. You should read it. It's an amazing story, but it's a long story to tell. But what you see that's, that's consistent is that Israel blows it, right? There's some kind of punishment happen. God takes them back. Israel blows it. There's some kind of punishment happen. God takes them back. Israel blows it. I mean, it's so repetitious that it's mind-boggling to me. Like, my goodness, when are they going to learn? When are they going to learn? But it happens over and over and over. In Deuteronomy 32... And 16 says, and they stirred up his jealousy. This is God, right? They stirred up his jealousy by worshiping foreign gods. They provoked his fury with detestable deeds. So here they are. His beloved, who God rescued, brought him out with a mighty hand. Egypt, who was, who was uh, the uh, Pharaoh, who was supposed to be so great, God made quick work for him. You know, and, and, and as he did with all the other enemies that they encountered coming into 
Israel. He made quicker work, but yet they're going to get there and they're going to worship these foreign gods that were no gods. Let's talk about that for a minute. They weren't even gods. As opposed to the God that delivered them. As opposed to the God who showed up for them. As opposed to the God who actually did something. You know what I'm saying? These other gods, they weren't gods. We know that. Therefore, they had never done anything for them. And, and they had the audacity, so they stirred up talking about how God feels. So here you see the emotion of jealousy. This good God, this God of love, this God who had high hopes, comes and nestles his people into this, this land that they're going to have, and they're going to pull that? Woo. And it aroused his anger and jealousy and fury. And, and so here we see that God feels. Anybody ever thought about how is God allowed to be jealous and not me? Because we're told not to be jealous, right? You do know that there's some things that separate us from God, right? We might be in his image, but we're not him. Like we don't have a right to judge. Because he's the only one who fully knows. And so here you see two attributes, God's jealousy. You see his fear. He's angry with Israel for what they did. Can you imagine loving someone perfectly? Maybe we can't because all of us are fallible. But we have, we have enough in us that we can love people right. You know, at least on our level, right? And then being rejected for somebody that was a slouch. That's my hood coming out. I've had that happen. Ouch. You dumped me for who? See, I ain't grow up in the church, y'all. So you ain't gonna get that that crystallized though, right? You know, I, I, you did what? You can't believe it. You feel some kind of way, like you dumped me for. See, y'all, y'all know talking about. This goes for guys and girls. It happens, right? You, 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 you can't believe it. But, but, but now I know God is perfect, right? So He can, He does have that right posture. So, you are you kidding me? This is, I, you dumped me for, or you gonna, you think you're gonna date me along with? See, I, I didn't expect that to come out of my brain. Right? You mean, think about that. Because they did. They didn't just, Israel I'm talking about. They didn't just dump God. Some of them did. worship on them. But they, they wanted to date God and all these other gods. God said, not on my watch. You know who I am. You know what I mean? That ain't happening. I mean, you know, that isn't it? And so, you, again, you saw that. So I'm just trying to get you to feel God this morning. Get you to think about him and this equation and how things didn't go well for him. See, we're we're we we are one-sided people. We're selfish. We're self-centered. That's why I said this sermon ain't gonna be about you. I bring home a little bit toward the end, but this is about God. I want you to think about Him this morning. I want you to think about what He feels, what He goes through, when His intentions for us have only always been good. Always been good. These gods that they serve weren't good. If we can call them, I, I have a hard time even calling them gods, but you'll, you'll get that. I don't want to keep putting that disclaimer out there, but they really weren't gods. But, but these so-called gods, you know, having, having them sacrifice their children. Can you imagine? Just all kind of sick practices, all kind of things that were horrible things. They chose them over or in addition to God, their creator. God who loved them, God who had good things in, in mind for them. So, so I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I don't have any problem seeing God as jealous. I'm glad that he was in power and not me. I'd have tore something up. I can't, there's really, there's one emotion I can't fool with, which is jealousy. Jealousy takes it, you, you burn stuff down when you're jealous. You, you, I know y'all better than me, right? Okay, good. Right? Yeah. There's, even when I was in the world, I never played that card because it was too much to handle. You know, we all have our limits. There's certain things you just, you know, this natural thing. I didn't play that jealousy thing because it provoked in me something that was crazy. You know, so I see those crazy people on, you know, on the news, whatever, somebody burned down somebody's house because they were jealous. Like, that that would have been me. <laughs> you know, left eye over here, whatever that chick's name was, to burn down somebody's house. You know I mean, like, I, I, so I get it. And I'm not even God is my point. My love isn't even perfect is my point. I get it. I get being angry about things like that. 
when his intentions were good. How dare you give credit to somebody? I, want you to, I said it's not about you, but that don't mean I don't want you to think about you. I want you to think about you in this equation, the things that we do. How we give credit to other things than God. You know, you want to wake up in the morning and thank the universe. Seriously? It was God that created you. It was God that put breath in your breath and in your lungs. It was God, as we say, that sent you on your way. How dare you give credit to something or somebody else other than him? How dare you? It was God. God got to sit on his throne and watch and go, really? You thanked who? For what? It was me, meaning God, not me. <laughs> I'm talking about the stuff that we do. Right in God's face. Right in God's face. We give credit to all kinds of things. We give, we give props to, you know, things that are not. We, 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 you know, and it's crazy. So here we see that God feels. We see that he experienced jealousy and, and, and fear. Ephesians 4 and 30 says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can grieve God. Again, I'm talking about how sometimes we have a hard time thinking of strong people or, or, or you know, about strong God as having a heart that feels. He feels. When you are in disobedience, when you're just living in any old kind of way, he's, he's called you his very own. And you disregard him. You live any kind of way. You take your beautifully created self, right? He said we're wonderfully and beautifully made. And you just do with yourself as you choose. You're breaking God's heart. He feels. I didn't create you for that. To do that. To be that. I have plans for you. I have high hopes for you. I created you with love in mind peace in mind, with goodness in mind. The things that I've told you not to do, they were for your good. What do you think of one thing that God told you to do that was to hurt you? You know, even if you want to start with just the Ten Commandments, which some people think is all there is, <laughs> if you want to think about those things are for your good. They're to keep you safe. They're that your life will be prosperous and healthy and, and, and full. and But they're, they're for your good. So we can absolutely agree, uh, agree with the Holy Spirit. Think about the way you live. Every day, you were created with love. You were created. We, we, we love these kind of phrases. I was created for greatness. Now, how come you're not living great? If you were created, you know that. How come you've been living below what God intended for you? He did say he came to give you life and give it more abundantly, right? And so why are you living like a scrub? Because it's not a fault on God's part because he is mighty. He is strong. And if you do put your hands, your life in his hands, he will bless you. He will raise you up. He won't have you living like any old kind of way out here. You know, my, my grandmother was one of those grandmothers. If you went to church, you had to be spiffy. You know, head did. You had to be dressed to the nine. Kurt, know what I'm talking about. I had that kind of grandmother, Kurt. Right? <laughs> Maybe my grandma was from Jamaica because Jamaicans like that, right? <laughs> they come sharp, right? No, but but you had to because when you went out, not just the church, but when you went somewhere with my grandmother, you had to represent. These are my kids. These are my grandkids. She didn't want you looking like no scrub. You know, come here because your hair all a mess. You know, you close, oh, no, mm-mm. You spit shine you up a little bit. If I had that grandmama that spit shine you, you know, brush that hair up. You know, you, you had it because you were her kids. And when you went out, you were a representation of her. Am I know what I'm talking about? When you're God kids, when you go out, you're a representation of him. So how are you living? I'm talking about every day, not on Sunday. We'll be talking the right talk and walking the right, you know, way and, 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 and well, how are you living every day? With the way you live, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. God feels. 
Matthew 23, 37. And this is a depiction of Jesus grieving for Jerusalem, Israel. And he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets. When he says the city, he's talking about the people of the city, right? Let's, let's bring it. The city that kills the prophets and stone God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as hens, protect their chicks. <clears throat> protect their chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. As a mom, I get that. I just mean that in general. You know, again, this is the perfect one we're talking about, though. This is what I wanted for you, Israel. I wanted to gather your children. I wanted to protect you. I wanted you to live well. You wouldn't let me. If you, if you follow Israel's plight, it was nasty how they ended up. It was nasty in exile, you know, to the Babylonians and to the Assyrians. It was nasty what happened to their children and the generations that God, again, had such high hopes for. It was rough. And then they had the audacity to be in exile. Because I'm telling you, it took a whole lot for God to reach that point. And even the scripture says, even, by the, even when even exile was meant to get their attention, it wasn't meant to punish. Even him exiling them was an attempt for them to acknowledge him, the God who feels, for them to cry out. And then, they, and then Israel has the audacity to do like some of us do. We want to blame God. Why you got to live like this? I thought you was God. I thought you for anybody. You don't, 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 don't raise your hands. I'm talking about what happens when we get ourselves in these pickles. We get ourselves in, we, in, in a crazy place because of the way we live, because we're not honoring the God who created us. We're not living the way God wants us to live, because God has given us explicit instructions, right? We, you know, it's not like he left us here helpless. Not only that, but he's given us a spirit that lives in us, that guides us from the inside. We get ourselves in these crazy predicaments, and, 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 and then we want to look at God sideways. Blame him for why we are where we are. God is saying, Seriously? I'm the one been sounding the alarm. I'm the one been trying to get you, you know what I mean, to a better place. I'm the one that gave you instructions. I'm the one that's loving you over and over and over and over and over again. And you keep rejecting me. And then you want to blame me? Think about that. It's what we do. Because it's always easy to blame the other than to deal with self. God said, no, I've given you my word. I've given you my spirit. You need to deal with self. Because you're able to. As we're reading, you know, Joyce, Joyce says, my goodness, it's almost like God is in an abusive relationship. <laughs> it's true. She said that. And I thought about it, like, huh? Anybody know somebody who's been in an abusive relationship? You know, they're good to that person. They're good to that person. And that person just always reciprocates with something, you know, wrong or abusive or negative or whatever. And, and they keep taking them back, taking them back, taking them back, no matter what. And I thought it was funny when she first said that, but I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, that's, that, it, it, that is the way it is because God's love for us is relentless it's absolutely relentless how how many times he'll take us back take us back take us back over and over again Psalms 145 and 9 says the Lord is good to everyone he showers compassion on all his creation so I know that I'm referencing Israel a lot. But he showers his compassion on all creation. The Egyptians were his. The Babylonians were his. The Assyrians were his. All people are his. From the beginning of time to this time, all are his. You know, there's going to come a time, blew my mind, I believe this, I was reading this in, I don't know, it was Isaiah or Jeremiah, one of those, when, 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 when Egypt is going to call God his, their very own. When God's going to, got to read it, y'all. It's good stuff, right? This, this, 
this God that we give a bad rap to, this God that we, that we wrongly accuse, this God that we whine about, he is truly no respected person. So yes, while he offers salvation to Israel, to put it that way, he's offered salvation to the whole world, whosoever will. Right now, you and I are sitting here, and God is offering us a better way. God is offering us life. God is offering us the kingdom. And we got some choices to make in that. How are you going to see God? God is compassionate. When you cry, what mother can ignore the cry of her child? What father? What father? When your, your, your child is crying out and stuff, I know the mama's instinct is usually to move first. That much I do know. <laughs> you know, when I had Tina, I don't think I had a good night's sleep. I don't know how long. I, I, I put that child in the crib. She'll, eh. I'm laying in the crib right there. Like, about, maybe where these bongos are. trying to go to sleep. Maybe her face is down and she can't breathe. Maybe her blanket got over her face. No, Lil, you just imagine things. Go to sleep. Oh, Lord. I got to get up. Pull the cover off. Go check the baby. Oh, she good. Go lay back down. Oh, gosh. cycle over and over again. I did that for months. Most, I don't think there was a time when anything was wrong. But that was just a, uh, that wasn't even a cry. When she cried, you know it was coming. Man, that's why she's a brat. I, I tease that, I call her a brat. You know, I, I was that parent. They holler, I'm coming. You know what I mean? And my sister say, don't pick them up every time. I mean, They're they going to train you. I'm saying, well, I'm trained. Can't help it. You know I mean, I'm, I'm talking about that parental thing, right? And, and, and I know that dads, I'm not trying to put you out of the, out of the picture. I know some of you are like that too. Hey, when I learned, dads are softies. You, you guys are softies. You, 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 you do the parental thing different than mamas, but you're softies for the most part. But, I, but I'm talking about what parent, when their child is in distress, when their child is going through it, I don't care how tired you are. I don't care what you've been through. When your child is going through it, you show up. Okay, I'm talking about this perfect God that we serve. God is compassionate toward us. So I don't care who you are, what nationality, where you come from, what your history was. When, when you cry out to this God, he's showing up because he's compassionate. He feels. So God is not the author of our misery. Again, I know I'm, I'm talking about the, how we see things. We, see, we tend to see things, you know, one way from our perspective. Why don't he? Why don't he? God's saying, why don't you? Right? And I'm not saying that as Christians we don't go through things. So let me, let, me, let, me, let me clear that up. Life is never perfect. This life is never going to be perfect. But God has greater plans for us even here. And we can choose to live better. We can choose to be blessed. Let me put it that way. Blessed indeed by, by the way that we live, by, by reciprocating this, this love that God has bestowed upon us. No, he feels deeply for us. He's not sitting around in heaven, boys, saying, you know, how can I make them miserable today? Who does that? What even parent, who, what parent does that? What earthly parent does that? You know, we, we accuse him of all kinds of things that are not true. Literally, God is running behind us. You know, that, 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 that song that we sang, right? Uh, you know, that his, he keeps, his love keeps running after me. He literally runs after us. Offering love, offering protect, offering kind. He literally, like, I mean, it is the abusive thing to enjoy something. It's crazy when you think about it. If he was human, we would say, man, if you don't leave that woman. It's the truth. We, if, 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 if this was a human being we're talking about, we would say, look, you need, you need to just leave her. Yeah. <laughs> It's the God that we serve, the perfect one, whose plans for us are good, whose intentions for us are good, who loves. You can't accuse him of not knowing how to love. He is love. He feels. And so when you're going about your day-to-day -day life, 
and you're you're you know you're considering how you're going to live when you when you're when you're choosing whoever's Caleb are you coming I'm I'm wrapping up I said whoo good she talked too much right? you know when you're making decisions when you're considering God what you think about that he's not a rock he's not some carved image that can't speak or do he's a living being he's the God he feels and he loves you his only intentions for you are good not a wrong intention does he have for you in fact he loves us so much that he scrapped one plan that's the law and he said you know i'm gonna strap on some humanity and i go down there and rescue my people he keeps trying he keeps running after us he keeps coming up with ways uh to, to reach us over and over again he reaches for us so i want you to consider that as you choose he come down from heaven figuratively speaking put on humanity he even died we just sung for that song right nothing but the blood nothing but the blood what do you think that means somebody that god who came in came in flesh that wasn't some hoax that wasn't some human costume he put on you know i know sometimes we have a hard time articulating what that looked like he didn't he didn't say okay you know angel gabriel whoever give me the human costume i'm going down no that was real flesh and blood right that was real pain he suffered that was real insults you know that isaiah talked about you know he was he was bruised by iniquity that was a, that he felt for us all the way to the cross can you imagine your beloved spitting in your face you spit on me my accident i get indignant did you i gotta think about it Ooh, okay my bad you know <laughs> but spit on me on purpose calling me everything I'm, I'm talking about god right he literally walked this earth he didn't even stay afar off he came right here so he can experience what we experience and go through what we go through so he can relate better to us right that's how much he feels with people i'm gonna make a way for them no matter what he's still the god who's reaching and i'm gonna let them abuse me put a crown of thorns on my head whip my back Are you kidding nail me to a cross that's how much i love you that's how much god loves you so that he can make a way that yeah humanly it doesn't make any sense so you shed that blood so that our sins can be washed away and some of you got a problem with taking a bath in his name it takes faith he died to shed his blood so you can take a bath so you can go down old and come up new right having your sins remitted and washed away and some of you got you know huh i want to do that he made it real simple he did the hard part he did the hard part he died so he can leave his spirit that that spirit can live in each one of us right so whether you got your bible with you or not you're a walking bible because he just said he'll write his word upon your heart right he'll guide and lead you again from the inside from your heart he'll teach you his ways Right? So we got no excuse. So here's this, this, this loving God who laid it all down. He laid down his life. Literally laid down his life. Greater love hath no man. Then a man laid down his life for another. He laid down his life. That's how much he feels. That's how much he loves us. So that you and I don't have to suffer death. Or we don't. We all, it's a point unto man wants to die, but that's just a that's just a passageway. That's just a passageway to eternity for us. He feels. So I just want you to consider. And the reason we need to consider this because how you see God, how you see God affects your relationship with him. So you say, why is this important? Why do I care about how God feels or, you know, or if he feels? Why is this even important, right? How you see him directly affects how you, how you um, feel about him, how you relate to him. It affects your relationship. Some of you are having a hard time loving God because you see him as harsh. You see him as a punisher. You see him as what he's not. But if you see him for what he is, if you consider him and all that he's done for you, it changes things. It changes things. You know, I was a person that I, I, I didn't get history. I didn't get why history was so important. People would say, oh, you need to know your history. You know, when I was young, I was I was dumb in so many ways. Whew. Lord help me. Right? 
I've been playing catch up in my adult life. But I would I would proudly say, you know, I don't need to know about no history. You know, I'm living for the day. I was that I was that kid. But you do need to know some history. It gives you perspective, helps you understand some things, right? And we know that, right? We we look at uh, people in our past. Maybe they were civil rights leaders or people that did some some big thing in our lifetime in, in general. Here, we, and we and we respect what they did. And because we have respect for what they did, it affects what we do, right? Like there was time when black people couldn't vote. Women couldn't vote. Um, you know, there were all kinds of things. You, there was something more likely for all of us where we, where we couldn't. And somebody did something heroic, right, to make a way that we could. And so now, whether I'm tired of voting there or not, I'm getting up because somebody died for that right for me. Now, just give you that as an example. Right? So we, we take advantage of what others made possible. In fact, some of us make a point of that, right? There's no way I'm not going to do this because we point back to somebody in history because they or them or that group, you know what I mean, did something very sacrificial to make this possible. So there's no way in the world we're not going to do that because blood was shed or some, some harsh thing happened to make it possible. So how much more Christ? Though these are, okay, voting at the end of the day don't mean a hill of beans, but what about your soul? Right? Literally, somebody laid down their life that you can have life. Somebody who loves you, somebody that feels deeply for you, somebody who's, you know, with you no matter what. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You can act the fool. God said he's married to the backside. So you can do God, you can do God wrong. And he'll be right there with you. As soon as you turn, boom, there he is. Come on, I'm take you back. He's the God who feels. So I want you to consider that. The love that God's extended, the compassion, the mercy, the goodness of God. Think about that in your day-to-day -day life. That's the God that we serve. He's not the harsh, mean God. He's not the God that's out to get you. He's the God that's out to save you. These altars are open if you're coming. Spend a little time talking to God. You got a bad attitude or you had a bad attitude, whatever. Talk to God about it. I want to give you some perspective this morning. Just come and spend a little time talking to Jesus this morning. You can pray in your pews if you like, wherever. Find a place to talk to him. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. God, for loving us, oh God, in spite of us, Jesus. Oh God, forgive us, oh God, for not reciprocating your love, Lord Jesus, for misunderstanding you, oh God, for taking you for granted, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your great mercy and your compassion, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help us to love you, Lord, like you deserve, Jesus, with our whole lives, oh God, with our whole being, oh God, we give it to you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you are always good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Forgive us, Jesus, for our complaining, oh God. For not owning our side of things, Jesus. Help us, oh God. In a better place with you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, God, that you're long-suffering to us, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your name. Yes, Jesus. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Jesus. Oh, help us to love you back, Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Worship you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hope you got a, a early afternoon. Rosh, I did one of yours today. I was teasing Rosh. <laughs> you guys got a little, little bonus time here. Why don't you take a minute and and uh, greet somebody. If you are a guest with us, and as usual, we have our guest reception there. We can hang out with you for a little bit, enjoy some refreshments, maybe hear your Thanksgiving story. We, all, we always have stories when we come back from hanging out with family on Thanksgiving. The family just interesting. <laughs> we are some. But anyway, whatever you do this afternoon, Go and be blessed. And don't forget, you have a God who loves you very much. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. I'm praying for you, man. Don't make me jealous. You sound dangerous. Did you hear that? I'll behave myself, too. 